0: You're listening to Since You Didn't Ask, where Matthew and Andrew answer questions you may not be asking, but might be helpful to answer. Questions about life answered through a biblical lens.
1: Welcome to Since You Didn't Ask. I'm Matthew and here with Andrew. And uh, Andrew, this episode is going to be one on a question that, from what I understand, is um, a common discussion in the McNeil household. Um, All right. uh, So the question revolves around the concept of nature versus nurture. Um, Are human beings more formed into who they are because of their nature? or because of how they've been nurtured, the environment that they have, have been in. and um, There's definitely some biblical and theological wrestling to do with this question, although the world talks about this question. yeah, It's a secular question as well. Um, but I guess just to start, I'm curious, what do the Andrew and Aaron discussions <laughs> sound like when this topic comes up?
0: Okay, so I'll, I'll set a little bit of context. This almost always comes up in terms of sports. And like, is natural talent in sports a thing? Um, and I, I am pleased to announce
1: to you, this is there's an announcement here. Yeah,
0: um, breaking I, news. I I, th- I think that we've reached a, an agreement in our house. Really, after almost a decade of <laughs> okay. being married. Um, so that we go back and forth on, you know, yeah. So do you do? Are there certain people who pick up a football or baseball bat? and they're just naturally hardwired to be amazing and other people aren't. And this kind of came up, if, if any of you are familiar, um, there's kind of the idea of this 10,000 hour rule that to be a master at something, you have to input 10,000 hours. Um,
1: this is from Malcolm Gladwell's book, Blink.
0: Right, so, um, yeah, we go back and forth on that. So here's where we've landed. And right. I do think there's some the- theological things you can get into on this that are interesting, but we've landed. Um, anything that's related to directly related to genetics like size, height, uh, things like that, I, what are you going to say? Like God God writes your DNA. You can't, you know, if you're eight feet tall and you can dunk really well, I'd, okay, there you go. But things that are skill-based seem to us to be, much more related to uh what would that be nurture that you practice it and develop the skill but where where nature comes in I'm going to mix those words up but where where the uh, inherent side comes in we've we've seen even with our own kids some of our kids will pick up a baseball bat and swing it 3 times and then walk away and go to the next thing but we have one kid who will sit there for 3 hours and do it over and over and over again so we would say God seems to wire your desires, but the development of the skill happens with repetition.
1: So I'm not buying it. Go ahead. Um, So I'll let you be wrong. Even you're suggesting that if when I was like a toddler, Mm -hmm. if I just was practicing over and over singing, Mm -hmm. that I could sing as well as Pavarotti.
0: I think that you could develop certain skills. I don't know that you could.
1: But why would he be so much better than me? Yeah,
0: I don't like when you drive me into a corner like this. <laughs> <laughs> the answer I was going to say that I don't like is there are certain, <laughs> there are certain qualities about certain people uh, that
1: are unteachable. Wow, I really worked myself into a corner there. Um, so I think we can say, I would argue that there's obviously a both um, to this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I just set you guys back another 10 years to go wrestle with this. No, I
0: think that fits within my, my paradigm on this.
1: All right. Um, where this gets particularly dicier is when we start translating the question to personality and then character traits. Hmm, Okay. Um, and start thinking in terms of um, determinism. Yeah, okay. um, Interestingly, a lot of secular people are actually um, very much in favor of arguing for predestination, just not from a god, but from nature. I've seen some of this recently. There's been some books and stuff, yeah. And the argument basically goes that nature has allowed you to be I don't know what, what word they would use—created, designed. I mean, you get kind of stuck. <laughs> you don't believe in a god. I don't this know how you so, say that. Uh, yeah, this is such God language. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but you are designed in such a way that it's it's like you have been set on a certain course that's going to right. play out because right. in every situation that comes up in life, your personality is going to respond. In a predefined kind of a way in every single situation, even down to the most minute detail. So your entire life is predetermined before you're overborn by nature. That would be the secular argument. Um, the question then comes, does your environment then have the ability to kind of shape within those those parameters how you develop and where you where you go? And now you introduce the God of the Bible into the equation and and mm. how are we to think through those things um, wow. saying, okay, this is in the context of, of God has God, how has God designed you and how does your, and how does that relate to how you develop in your character, in your personality, ultimately, even in your following of him
0: mm.
1: versus your environment and what what's, Around you, so I've rambled on on that a bit, um, but I'm just curious as to your I, response. Okay, so I don't know if this,
0: um, I, I don't know if I'm going to unravel my own theology right now. Uh, <laughs> so in my mind, there's a way that that God is both entirely sovereign over every molecule, and, and in a sense has has predetermined all things, and at the same time, there is a a bounded freedom that humans have. Um, I would want to hold on to both of those because I feel like you see both in the Bible, um, and I think the Bible actually gives you a way to have that—that that, that the um, atheistic systems don't.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you. So, can you yeah put take that, that into normal? Can you take that any further? Yeah. Well, I guess
0: where I would go with that. Oh man, I'm I'm kind of having a hard time fleshing it out, but let me give it a shot. If you rewind all the way back to Genesis one and to the way God structures and creates the world, He puts man as His image, which um, in that context is sort of like as His agent, as His 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 worker with the raw materials of the earth to to do things with it. And He gives man a degree of, and again, I don't know if my wording is exactly right here and how I would parse this out, but He gives him a degree of freedom within which to work within His world. Um, and I think that gets practical for us in that. Um how we don't have to parse out all of the nature nurture thing in when we're choosing a job or choosing a um you know a path in our schooling, but I think God has given a genuine call that we would work hard in the callings that he's given us in ways to honor him, but work hard in ways that um that genuinely leverage. Yeah, this is getting out there, but genuinely leverage the, the ways that he's made the world. I think this is what wisdom is, is is marshalling your, your time, your energy, your brain, your body, all the different things to bring blessing onto the people around you um, and to honor the Lord. And save me from my rambling.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think you're going. Do you down get the where right I'm path. going on I this? I do, I do. But you, you, where you're getting stuck, because I, you're, you're, <laughs> help. You, no, you're you're thinking a few paragraphs ahead of where you are, and you can see that it's going to run, in, you're going to run into some problems. Yeah. So can we just take a step back? What makes this a, a, um, an interesting question and possibly a frivolous question, but I want to make sure we don't make it frivolous. Um, but what makes it hard is no matter how you go about this answer, you're going to get stuck. Right. And we saw that from the secular point of view. You're, yeah. You get stuck and from a secular point of view, you get stuck from a theological point of view at a certain level. And I'm saying this as a total hardcore, all the way to the wall, five-point Calvinist that most people who are listening to this have heard me teach on God's sovereignty in all things for many, many years And I would affirm all of that. And there is a place because of all of what you were just rambling about that it, you still can't entirely reconcile. So I think maybe a starting principle on this would be, there are things in life that we cannot logically, completely wrap our minds around. And what I, what I want to make the distinction on is it's not just because we're confined to the Bible, but like literally think anything you want on some of these subjects and you cannot come up with an answer that's not going to lead you into a dead end at some place. Interesting. Okay. Um, and I think this is one of those one of those questions. You will end up at a dead end no matter how hard you think about it. Um, and so. um, And it's these types of questions have been discussed literally for millennia, and by the greatest of philosophers, and they spin in circles and go around on it. Um, And so when we when we come up against questions where there are absolute dead ends, like no matter where you go, then you're compelled to say there has to be something above all of this that makes sense of it. Okay. Otherwise, how could the universe like operate with any type of of um logic True or contradiction. Yeah. 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 How does it it has to work out in some way or it would all fall apart. And since there's no way to understand it entirely, all the way to the nth degree, we can understand it at certain levels, but all the way to the nth degree, then we I, I think it's actually an argument for the reality of God. Sure. Um, okay. And within that, huh. then there is a little bit of a of a of a testing Testing. I don't know if that's the right word, but a place to say, "Am I just going to go with what God says?" Mm-hmm. And even if I can't unpack it in every in every way, I'm just going to believe what God says because that's what He says, and He's God, and I'm not. And so, I think on these types of questions, that's where where um, we get we get pushed to. And for those who get really uncomfortable, and there's probably some who are already listening to this that have their blood pressure up, or I've turned this off by now. Um but I think what causes that is like uh um there's something in us that says we have to master this and mm-hmm. be on top of it and maybe some people think okay I've got it all but there's I know there's levels that they haven't right. gone to. So now I'm rambling but my point would would be um if I was just to get my bottom line God has created us in certain ways And God is entirely sovereign and he's sovereign over how he has created us. And he is sovereign over our environment and over the circumstances of our lives. And somehow within that, we operate with a certain level of autonomy. We are born with that autonomy compromised to where it is 100% Mm self-serving. And so we are only capable of autonomously sinning Right. until God supernaturally intervenes in our lives and changes our hearts. And and that is a, a heart condition, just to clarify for people that are listening. The does, the
0: autonomous side is not you're sitting in the chair, your legs are broken, and I tell you, you get up. Right. It's you're sitting in the chair, you're perfectly healthy, I tell you, you get up, and you say no. I love the chair too much. Yeah, yeah. So I can't get up because of my love for the chair. Right. We love ourselves so much that we 100% of the time
1: choose... What pleases us to make ourselves God? Yeah. Um, and so, when it comes back to this this nature versus nurture, we are born with a certain nature that is sinful, self serving, that is entirely self oriented, and that is the condition of every human being. And so, in that sense, it's not the environment that condemns us to hell. It is one hundred percent our nature. We're born with a sinful nature, and we need a new nature, and that comes because God interferes with our free will,
0: mm-hmm.
1: gives us a new heart to where we can actually see and understand that he's better. On the flip side is that God accomplishes that through means. This is where Romans 10 comes in, Yeah, that unless somebody preaches, unless that the content of the gospel is communicated and your new heart understands it, you're not going to have that new nature. And so there is... There are environmental factors. There are people brought into your life to that that God uses to change your heart. So that's nurture. It's both. It is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And God uses it in both ways. Um. Real quick, one yeah, last yeah. comment. No, go ahead. Um, I think the P of tulip applies really loudly here as well. Oh, um. That's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Andrew's going through trying to spell tulip here. The P, for those of you who don't know, perseverance of the saints or preservation of the saints. It's the idea that if you truly are a child of God, you will continue and remain um, belonging to him for all of eternity. God will hold on to you. God will hold on to you. I've been, you've brought this up before. I've been like locked in on just that theme for most of my adult life. Like I'm drawn to that because I... I feel the the other side of it, and I just know I I I know it's God holding on on to me. So, is that a nature or nurture kind of a thing? I would I would want to think of that in terms of it's a nature thing in that I've been given a new nature, a new heart that genuinely wants to treasure the Lord, but I am so radically convinced that it is such a nurture thing equally as in he brings circumstances to he he brings suffering he brings pain he brings discipline yeah he brings he get he puts you in the church i i've preached on this before that i believe that the church is maybe the primary holding on mechanism that god uses maybe um well i would i would allow that um sometimes it is suffering becomes the primary holding on or okay. maybe it it, it I think the other big element um that God has designed is often not the case, but is supposed to be is the family. Yeah, um yeah. but those would be the those would be the categories of that I'd put into the 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 nurture that the environment. God's nurturing our yeah. souls to hold on to us through the church, through the family, through suffering, through his discipline and through a myriad of other circumstances. Yeah. But those are probably be the the big ones that come to mind. Um so there, there's my rambling.
0: No, I, I was just, the last thing I was going to maybe add on this is this gets really, really, really practical when you start to understand your growth um, in the Lord and your spiritual maturity in these terms where you start to realize, um, or, or even your, your evangelism or whatever, there, there, you'll see this everywhere once you start to see it, but this interplay between God is completely sovereign, and yet if I sit and do nothing, nothing happens. And so those two together, and earlier you were talking about uh, the means that God uses, or the tools, um, you know, my my neighbor say is, is um, you know, going to come to know the Lord. I don't know this, but, you know, let's pretend. And uh, I just say, well, God's going to save who's going to save. So I'm going to just sit here in my room. But no, he, God has made it. I was kind of trying to get at this earlier with since creation, God has made us the agents, the tools, the means to carry out his will on earth. And so you you get to participate in going and sharing the gospel. You get to participate in in being a part of your spiritual growth. Um, and yet at the same time, in all of that, it's God that gives the desire. It's God that gives the growth. It's God that opens the eyes. It's God. It's it's all God. And yet you are invited to play some meaningful
1: role. And that's the part where it's I, I, you you hit that dead end. Yeah. Like, okay, I can't explain it any right. further than that, but I'm going to trust what God's word says. Right. Um, I was talking to somebody the other night, um, and, um, I gave them a high five because the question was, um, when we get to heaven, will there be, will we have physical Bibles? And it's very rare that somebody asks a question that I've never been asked before. And that was one of them. Um, and so that was an int- interesting discussion, but in that context, talking about, well, what's heaven going to be like, and will we have the Bible and are this This idea of even looking at at um uh, the high priestly prayer in John seventeen, Jesus is praying that that this is eternal life, knowing the Father and knowing the Son like there's going eternal life is growing in our knowledge of god and and of Jesus um for all of eternity, and so there's 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 endlessly there's endless um knowledge to gain to know God. We will never plumb the depths of knowing all of who he is. I just wonder if some of these dead ends that we are as finite beings right now can't see past, that that's part of what we come to understand more and more and that our minds will just, and hearts and souls will just explode with amazement as we actually understand. Oh, you know, remember that podcasting Matthew and Andrew did talking about this (laughs) subject? Now I like I totally get it. Like my (laughs) my human brain was not capable, but now I do and this fits together and I and just standing in awe and amazement at how far beyond us God is that's a really cool thought.
0: That's a. I mean, unless you want to add more, that's a good place to end. Yeah.
1: It. No, I think so. And although I just will note that um, we often get criticized because we do these podcasts and we go in circles and we don't come to any definitive conclusions, <laughs> and that would be this episode. But you're welcome. <laughs> uh, hopefully, that that gives people some things to think about. That would be um, an encouragement in a certain way.
0: All right. Well, the the last thing before we wrap it up, if if you've hung with us for this long, you can handle this last tangent. Sometimes we start on stuff. And the title has nothing to do with what we are, the place we're at at the end. So I have no idea what we'll title this one, yeah. but we hope that it was helpful for you and got you thinking um, and got you praising the Lord uh, as well. So uh, we'll see you on the next episode. These are